beware. This is So You Goose That Was Bumps Do You. In this little spin-off pod, we take a look back at the Goosebumps TV series from the malevolent mid-90s. My name is Evan, and I'm joined by none other than Pantile. We call him Johnny round these parts, and he's kicked in the saloon doors of friendship and come barreling in with that treat of an intro that just blessed your terrified little ears. Johnny, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm very good. I'm <laughs> so I was messaging you yesterday. We were watching the the episodes to try to, you know, get some notes and what have you. And as soon as that intro came in, I was like, "This sounds like a hip hop instrumental." <laughs> yeah, so good. Mm, I think some 808s and some hi hats are necessary. And let's jazz this <laughs> motherfucker up. <laughs> and it's so fucking good. <laughs> Annoyingly, the Goosebumps didn't play in the first episodes we watched. I don't know if that's yeah. just the source or if that didn't have them. But these episodes, the ones we've watched, so we'll, we'll do them in two parts, but the Cuckoo Clock of Doom and the Girl Who Cried Monster have like an extended version of the Goosebumps intro and it's got yeah. that little remix in it. For some reason, that's all over the trivia for these episodes. <laughs> or really, I could find. But um, yeah, it's so fucking, it's iconic to me, that, yeah. that little fucking tune. When it first started playing, I was just like screw facing, like, oh, come on. <laughs> you know what this needs? This needs fucking Ghostface Killer and Tupac on it. Who knows? Little, Maybe I made a version of that. Little scratch on the board, mate. <laughs> nice little callback to human traffic there. <laughs> Gotta scratch that board, son. <laughs> oh, well, I am also good, Johnny, because this week, June 2nd specifically, marks the one year anniversary of this podcast. Oh, snap. Fucking mental to me. I Doing can't it with the one person who didn't start it with you. <laughs> <laughs> People can only stand it for so long, mate. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a that's a milestone for sure. Yeah, yeah, exciting. Well, we're not on the main podcast right now, Johnny. We're in our oh, little yeah. mini series. So fuck <laughs> that shit. I yeah. love this shit. And in a reassuringly chronological fashion, we watched episode three of Goosebumps this week, the Cuckoo oh, yeah. Clock. Doom and brace yourselves because here comes the plot synop, which for all you book lovers is very much like a blurb. In order to get his prank loving little sister Tara in trouble, Michael turns the cuckoo's head and his father's cuckoo clock backwards, but soon regrets it when he is continuously transported back in time with little chance of getting back to the present. Oh, I fucking nailed that. You did. Congratulations. Not one that, was a clean. <laughs> that was clean. That was clean. It's fine when it's a children's text. Yeah. You move to adult <laughs> content and I can't read shit. When it's written for, for young adults, it's a, it's hopefully a bit easier. But saying that, I can't read anything at all ever. So. <laughs> well, that's a pretty spot on. There's not much to these, to, to be fair. I don't know how useful these plots and ops are because you can't really pick them apart. The episodes are 20 minutes long and mm. five lines can about just sum that up. Yeah. But this episode starts with our protagonist, I guess, Michael. He's just bouncing a basketball down the street and it rolls off into the bushes. And then something starts rustling in the bushes and he, he becomes interested in it. And he's like, who's there? And he sees this, for some reason, piping hot blood on the ground. It is steaming. Yeah. 
And it is a summer's day, but not enough to cook blood on the ground. And so yet he much. follows it into the thicket. It's mad. <laughs> a child following blood into the woods. That's never going to end up well. But the, I've been watching, well, me and Floss have both been watching the um, the Harry Potters because they've all come onto Netflix recently. Oh, yes. And um, in the Philosopher's Stone, when they go into the woods and they find the unicorn that's been killed. Yeah. And Hagrid puts his fingers through the blood and rubs it between his four fingers. That's all I could think of. I was like, hmm, who's been watching Goosebumps? Is it the production team? <laughs> well, when he's looking into the bushes, a snake launches out and scares the absolute shit out of him. He falls to the ground, but it turns out it's just his little sister, Tara, who's playing one of her little tricks on him. That's a real theme for these. There's always kids mm. who love to play tricks on... In fact, all the episodes we've watched so far, there's been someone who's, like, bullying another kid with tricks. I'll be in the next one as well. Yeah. <laughs> he's such a credge, though, isn't he? I could not wrap my head around it. And then <laughs> oh, she could. justifies it by saying, that's jerk backwards. <laughs> So, that doesn't make it you, Who's the cred in this situation? <laughs> the one hiding in the bushes with a fake snake to scare the shit out of your brother? Or the boy who's just following mysterious blood into the woods? <laughs> Steaming hot blood, Johnny. Yeah. Piping hot. It then turns out that it's tomato ketchup because she squirts him with a big bottle of it. But what was on the ground and what he's covered in when he gets home in a second is blood. Yeah. I can see the difference. <laughs> yeah, tomato ketchup looks like ketchup I can point that out <laughs> like, and out blood of the two looks like dark blood. and viscous <laughs> <laughs> regardless of whether or not it's steaming <laughs> Michael chases Tara home uh He's wrestled the ketchup off her and he wants to get her back, but she slams the door closed before he can get to her and he still squirts it all over the, the door. This boy is a little cringe. If you're mm. not going to catch on, he, he he just fucks everything up. Like, he's so easy to bully, just like whatever that girl's name was in the last one. His, his mum comes out of the door and obviously Michael gets to blame. Tara's the little sweetheart in the house and Michael gets an earful from... Just another useless parent. They're all copy and paste useless cunts in these. Yeah. I'd written that as a specific note for the next one, but the next one <laughs> turns out also they're not applies. useless. So I'll put it here <laughs> <Yeah>. instead. <laughs> and Tara, uh, who we've established as a cunt from here, says really that. Is. Yeah, <laughs> she's awful. Uh, but she, this time she got him almost as good as when she got him at his birthday party. And now we have a little swirly, swirly. Yeah, one of those flashbacks. <laughs> to what makes it seem like a long time ago, but it turns out it was just three days ago, so we didn't need the swirly-swirly. Just a, a swipe left or something. And Michael's receiving gifts from all his friends, and Tara reveals that the gift he's just received from a girl he clearly likes, he, he'd already thrown out because he thought it was lame. And now she's like, oh, oh I'm sure he'll love it now because he's in love. Oh, Slap that little shit. Yes. That's what I say. I desperately tried to look at the CD as well, and it was just covered in, like ancient greek like symbols it was so weird i don't know what the fuck she's giving him it was all like like alpha omega sort of like that kind of stuff it was yeah yeah i don't know what kind of music she's into but if it's anything like to be fair i'd throw that out (laughs) (laughs) what a steaming pile of blood (laughs) michael runs into the kitchen like the little bitch he is and asks his mum to throw his little sister out of his birthday party but his mum says, well, it sounds like everyone finds her very entertaining. So, no. No. I don't care if you're having a good time. Yeah, everyone else <laughs> looks. Look how much she's making everyone laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Stop being selfish for once, you little prick. 
she, she hands him his own birthday cake to take into the living room, which is also so embarrassing to take your Weird cake dynamic. in. And you have to start singing happy birthday, I suppose. <laughs> Try to get everyone else to join Come in. Come on, everyone. Happy birthday. <laughs> you know the word. <laughs> Well, it doesn't even make it that far because this is Terra's big trick. She trips him up as he's entering the room, walking mm. down some stairs. Yeah. So it's not a completely <laughs> dangerous, dangerous, danger-free prank. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he trips over and lands in the cake, all very funny. Could have broken his fucking arm. Like Got his neck. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, you little prick. I got him good this time. I got you a cast. <laughs> Lame. Well, now we cut back to the... Not modern day, three days later. (laughs) And Michael's dad is bringing home a new cuckoo clock, which he insists to them is magic in some way. Mm. And he explains it. He says, some strange old man built the clock over 100 years ago and he put a magical spell on it, which isn't an explanation. It's just saying the same thing you said again and adding a little bit of flavour. Yeah, it's it's such like an Americanism of time, isn't it? Over 100 years ago. Yes, that's that's, here in my notes. I've got pants over 100 years old. (laughs) I don't. That would be ridiculous, but you get the idea. (laughs) Well, 100 years ago from this would have been like 1893, do we yeah. still have men who cast spell on things then? <laughs> Weren't we in the middle of an industrial revolution? But when was Mr. Crowley? He was uh, he was like, yeah, late 1800s, Thomas Crowley, like the famous occultist. Oh, shit, you're bringing something to this. I'm not aware of. <laughs> who is he? There was like a big like occultist thing in like the early 1900s that okay. it was... Yeah, and he was he's a really interesting guy if you, anyone wants to look him up. He's got ties to like secret service and stuff. He owned a house like by Loch Ness and he did all these occultist ceremonies, went to ancient Egypt and had like a compound in Italy. Yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting guy. Fucking weirdo, but it's yeah, it's it's good good read. That sounds sick, but I bet he's one of those that fucks his cousin. Oh mate, not even that. Like, yeah, there was a lot of real bad stuff going on in those compounds. <laughs> but <laughs> Lots of children, lots of shit on the walls. It was, yeah, oh, it was <laughs> literal shit, not as in just iconography. It was bad. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> well, the dad quickly says that he um, he got this cuckoo clock for a steal because his friend who sold it to him said there was something wrong with it, but he wouldn't tell him what it was. Hmm. So you don't buy the clock then, do you? No. In, in the context of buying a clock, that means... It doesn't. It doesn't tell the time, or the cuckoo doesn't come out. So just get another clock. Why, why still get this one? My notes was: imagine if that was a car. <laughs> I would like to buy that car. Well, you can, but there's something wrong with it. What is it? Well, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. But well, I'm not going to buy the fucking car, am I? <laughs> it is magic. Over a hundred years ago. <laughs> this Model T has something wrong with it. <laughs> but you have to find out. <laughs> Afterwards, Michael, he's eavesdropping on his dad, telling Tara that if he finds anything broken on this clock, she's going to be in some serious trouble. Mm. To which Michael exclaims, yes. So it's nice to see that someone else in the house knows that Tara is a little shit. So far, it's just the mum who's useless. Yeah, for sure. She, she's, I've seen it with friends of mine when we were little and they or their sibling was always the golden child that would never get in trouble. But I was the youngest of eight and I was just the little golden boy and little prince, so I never got any sort of bad treatment. <laughs> yeah. 
Jonathan, would you like to go to the park? Oh, yeah, I think I would, actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you want some Skittles? Hmm, yes, I think I would like some Skittles. <laughs> Famously, the last-born child is always the most love. And imagine mm. eight trickle-downs worth of love that you're you know. getting. Oh, that's the stuff, mate. First born here, I could do wrong. <laughs> I was carried around on a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> well, just before midnight, Michael sneaks downstairs to fiddle with the clock here. Mm. But he is spooked just before getting to it. But he realises it's an open window. Yeah. To which he comes down. And we've established he's a scaredy cat so far. This is what all this has been about. But if you yeah. come downstairs and find an open window... Now is not the time to be caught. You level up that fear, baby. There's someone in the There's house. There's someone in the house, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what was it? it was a picture that was blown off by the wind, wasn't it? Yes. And rather than, it was a family picture, but not your average family picture. Rather than like a picture of all of them together, it was four individual, what I'm going to say, headshots. Yeah, yeah, actors' <laughs> headshots. <laughs> just next to each other in this fucking frame. I was like, come on, if, you, if you've already got the frame, just take a picture of them and get it developed. <laughs> like... <laughs> well, on the stroke of midnight, the cuckoo emerges from the clock. And without hesitation, Michael grabs its little head and gives it the full 180. And he's, he exclaims then, have fun explaining this one, Tara. <laughs> it is not a great prank, though, is it? Because no. someone has to be on in the room at the stroke of each hour to even notice <laughs> that it's happening. And also, you've got to have a pretty quick eye to, to see the cuckoo has got a twisted round head. For sure. I would say that it's not also unreasonable that maybe it got caught on something inside the clock as it's shot out and the head just turned around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is something wrong with the clock. We yeah. just don't know what it is, so maybe it's that. A really loose but head. They've only just bought it. Who knows that that isn't just what happens at every hour? It just turns 180. <laughs> Well, the next day, Michael comes downstairs to ask, not at all suspiciously, if there's anything wrong with the clock, where he finds his parents <laughs> setting up for his birthday party, mm-hmm. which was three days ago, if you, you didn't remember. We had that little... Uh, he thinks it's all some elaborate joke, but uh, it's not the case. We're back in time, baby. Yeah. He's starting to freak out a bit now, isn't he? Yeah. And we just get a whole replay here of the, the birthday scene where Tara makes the same horrible little line about the CD and trips him up again. And even mm. though he knows it's coming, the trip up, and he like prepares himself for it, he still gets tripped up. This yeah. boy is living the thing we all want, where you have an argument or you're pranked and like yeah. two days later you're in the shower and you think of the perfect comeback line or the perfect yeah. thing to do in yeah. retaliation and he doesn't bloody do it. I would have just gone a different way or kicked her hand as she came out to grab him. <laughs> no, he's holding the cake up in front of his eyes, yeah. singing happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> what was it that his mate said as well? It's like, don't you know the guests are meant to eat first as he's sat like covered in cake. If that yeah, was one of my him. mates, I wouldn't have dealt with that as well as he did. Well, our mates wouldn't have been so kind as to say, the guests eat first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Been a much more tearing insult. <laughs> yeah. But as we continue to establish, Michael is an existential fucking loser, so he just takes all this on the chin. Yeah, born victim. He tries to explain to his parents before he goes to bed that he's stuck in a time warp, but all his parents do is check his temperature, which... Probably shouldn't be your first port of call if your son is having delusions to this extent. Like, if he's a little hot boy, it doesn't really matter, does he? Get him to a doctor. Have you got a tummy ache? <laughs> That'd be all that cake, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. 
<laughs> now we get one of those really weird dream sequences where Michael's like running through a fading in and out background as the clock yeah. chases him. Scooby-Doo-esque. Yes, yeah. And he's like running through custard like we all are in dreams. He can't quite mm. get away. And then he wakes up and he's six years old and he does mm. the Home Alone. <laughs> Michael asks where Tara is. I say her name differently every time, Tara. And his mum pretends to know what's happening and mouths his invisible friend to his dad. Which isn't a thing, right? Mm, Even an imaginary uh, friend. If your kid has oh, an invisible yeah. friend, I was going to say, I definitely had about. an imaginary friend. Yeah, but not an invisible one. That's, a, that's something else. <laughs> Mine was called uh, Joggy and he used to live in my cupboard. And uh, he used to I, wear I Victorian like clothes. I don't like that. Yeah, it used to scare the shit out of my sisters. I used to play with them all the time, apparently. Yeah, Do you remember any of it, or is that just from stories? Oh, it's probably constructive memories, but yeah. I used to say he used to wear old people, old-timey clothes, and he lived in my cupboard. <laughs> You're a fucking wrong and mate. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I'd have thrown you out, last born or not. <laughs> Me and Joggy were tight, it's fine. You got my back. I don't like this, Johnny. I'm actually a little afraid right now. Is Joggy behind me? Can you see Joggy in the room right now? (laughs) It's better than my brother. He had like an old television aerial called Gordon. He just used to carry that around. (laughs) I prefer that. Yeah. (laughs) Gordon. That's good. Yeah. Well, now we're we're back in Michael's six-year... Six-year-old birth... Michael's birthday party from when he was six and is just the world's worst clown, which is also nightmare fuel. This episode could have been about that and that would have been enough for me. John Wayne Gacy. Oh uh, yeah, you're not a clown guy either, are you? Absolutely not. Yeah, I've seen that. too many serial killer things. <laughs> oh, in panicking about being six years old and having trouble mm. back in time, he's like, well, I've got to have a plan. So he knows the cuckoo clock has done it and he thinks he, he knows where it will be, which obviously the antique store where his dad bought it. And I would say... There's no way it was still there six years ago. But based on the owner's salesmanship of telling everyone there's something wrong with it, but I'm not going to tell you what it is, I can believe that it wasn't sold for six years. For some reason, I can't get rid of this clock. I keep telling everyone something's wrong with it, and it's fundamentally broken. Also, where he goes to the shop now, doesn't he? He bounces from his birthday party at six years old. And he's just walking through the street. Yeah, as a young, young child. And he goes there. And everything like this is always a fucking suit of armour. Have you ever seen a suit of armour for sale? Ever? No. No, no, I haven't. I would buy one if there was. In a fucking heartbeat. Even if there was something wrong with it and I didn't know what it was. (laughs) Also, on the way to the antique shop, a fully grown man asks Michael, a six-year-old boy, if he's got the time. Yeah. I assume that that was some kind of, like, time gatekeeper or something. But do we see him again? No. No. I think it was just a nonce. Because his dad, like, yells at Michael in a minute when he finds him at the antique shop, saying, you know you shouldn't be in this neighbourhood alone. So this, like, must be where all the people who are on the list live. All the undesirables. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mate. I mean, he, he, like, looks at him for a long time. So I I thought that he was going to be a character who's going to be, like, maybe trying to get him back to his present self or something. But it's just this weirdly sinister-looking dude (laughs) just staring at a five-year-old, six-year-old, sorry. That's the kind of justification he would have used. (laughs) He told me he was six. (laughs) (laughs) So they're milling about the the antique store. The shop is shut at this point, isn't it? And he's banging on the door trying to get in. But they're away on vacation, apparently. Yes, and, and no one opens the door for a no. six-year-old boy anyway, so <laughs> yeah, go away. That is, 
thing. There's pedophiles out there. <laughs> Into the lion's den, you. Yeah. <laughs> well, Michael's back home now. And his dad is reading him Clifford the Big Red Dog uh, because he's afraid to go to sleep. He's begging for one more story, but uh, his dad doesn't want to read Clifford the Big Red fucking dog again, to be fair. I, I wouldn't either. <laughs> uh, and then he, he says something I quite related to, to be fair. He says... Mum, Dad, don't argue over me. I'm not going to be here much longer anyhow. <laughs> it sounds like he's going to fucking jump off a bridge. <laughs> don't worry about me, guys. Nothing matters anymore. Yeah. And they don't give a shit. They're just no. like, all right, go to sleep. This child with this very developed vocabulary that's only saying like the most more, like dark shit. It's a very nihilistic view for a six-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> what is Didn't like... learn that from Clifford. Yeah. <laughs> Well, next, Michael wakes up as a baby, but he's fully aware. He's not like, he is blubbering and blabbering or whatever yeah. sound babies make. As you can tell, I don't spend Cooing. much time around them. <laughs> I like that, though, because there's a bit in it where he's trying to talk to the parents, isn't he? And he and yes. he can't get his words out because he's a baby, but he still has the, the brain of a 12-year-old. And he all he can do is sort of laugh and smile and stuff. He's trying to sort of make him do what he wants. Goo goo gaga, all that shit. Yeah. yeah. You know babies. Um, no, I don't. Don't say Not that. Not personally. Yes, okay. I don't live Not- in that neighbourhood, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Well, the mum and dad decide to go to the antique store. Just a nice day out with your baby, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly what they want to do. So this is now 12 years previous to where we started. And the owner of the antique store, who is the dad's mate, presumably, is already a thousand years old. How yeah. is he still there to sell the clock 12 years later? <laughs> Who knows? But it's this is Gustav's Anything Goes. <laughs> no, that's the paedophile. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a time wizard, Your Honour. <laughs> <laughs> I made her 21 and then turned her back again. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, God. Will it stay in? Who knows? Oh, that will definitely stay in. <laughs> Somehow, baby Michael... Climbs the cuckoo talk. Not old enough to talk, but old enough to scale a clock. Yeah. And on the way up, he, he, he accidentally snaps off the 88, which I think is like the counting of the years. Yeah. Uh, and that will come important again later. But that must serve no purpose though, right? All, all they've done is put numbers on the clock. Yeah. And that's assuming that when it gets to 2000, what happens then? I, I'm, I'm assuming there's 100 numbers and it's 100 years old. If it's over 100 years old already, then it would have been in the 1800s. Oh, shit, How yeah. did it reset? Well, fuck this episode. You just picked the biggest hole in it there is. Let's go. <laughs> to be fair, if you don't know what century you're in, you probably shouldn't be, like, amongst <laughs> normal people. <laughs> well, he manages to to put the, the cuckoo clock head back around because when he wakes up, he's suddenly 12 again. Tara's gone because he knocked off that 88, when, mm. which was the year she was born, probably. Yeah. But he just, he doesn't do anything about it. He's like... Yeah, this is a good life now. Uh, he says he'll do it one of these days, but he's just happy to live without Tara, which is fair. Yeah, it's a win-win. But he, he's completely fine and immediately adjusted with zero remorse in in some way he killed his sister. <laughs> well, I guess now he's confident that he can control time. So he can just go fix at any point. This boy is now like an immortal god. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose he's not immortal in the sense that he can't be killed, but he won't die of old age. yeah. I don't I don't like that idea. <laughs> no, but you, you're fine with your fucking mate who lived in the cupboard. Hey, Joggy was there for me. Joggy, man. Did he name himself? Did you name him? Uh, no, he named himself, mate. Right, I'm searching for joggies who lived in the 1800s. 
<laughs> in Sussex, in uh, Sussex in the UK, there must have been one person called Joggy, Victorian era. If I find out there was a man named Joggy, a boy named Joggy, and he lived in your cupboard, yeah. you're not welcome back on the pod. I mean, <laughs> I'm done with you. We're no longer I mean, friends. I can't deal he, with haunted stuff. <laughs> he was a, he was a child, but he was older than me. That's worse. Kid ghosts are worse than adult ghosts. Not that I think ghosts exist, but if they do, that's a real one. Mm, well, he was a good boy, Joggy. He'd never made any noise, never disturbed anyone. Thank you for sharing that piece of yourself with us. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of the episode as well. Mm. And that brings us to the all-new question. Johnny and I will ask this of you. <laughs> so you goose that was bumps, do you? But also, how many bumps out of ten? Tell you what, this compared to the last ones... I pretty liked it. I pretty liked it. I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it was alright. I think the idea of the, the time moving backwards, that's actually quite a, a not being able to control it. I think that's quite a, a scary thing. And it's, it, with the also the time limit on it, in that at some point he's just not going to exist anymore. He had one more shot to get back to the clock and, and turn the head back around, otherwise he would just cease to exist. I thought that was that was quite an interesting way to... I've never... I can compare that to anything else that i've seen but yeah i thought i thought it was pretty good so um, i'm gonna give it seven bumps seven bumps out of ten bumps baby mm. i'm loving this rating system <laughs> i for the most part though agree it's a really cool idea uh i do have issue with the random amounts of time that you're sent back in by the clock he twists it once he gets sent back three days yeah and then six years and then presumably five years so he could be a baby yeah. But this is a kid's show, so I suppose yeah. I have to let that go. <laughs> I would have just liked neater increments of time. Yeah, yeah. If it was like a year each time, it would have been too long an episode. But it needs to be standardised. Who's who's? <laughs> Where's that magician? I need to speak to him. Maybe that's what's wrong with the clock. It, it's actually supposed to send you back in time, yeah. but it's just fucking random. <laughs> the dad knew it was a time-travelling clock, but what was broken about it was that the time was all fucked up. I would have loved to seen his B story where he's also gone back in time trying not to conceive Tara with his wife. Tara, <laughs> fucking hell, I can't remember this kid's name. Oh, Just gonna yeah. pop that condom on. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I preferred The Haunted Mask because it's a little more iconic episode-wise. I did love this book. I can't give it seven because I gave Haunted Mask seven, so I'm gonna go with six. Six bumps mm. out of ten bumps. Bumps, bumps, bumps. Yeah, it was good. It was good. And like I said, it was a little fun story. It wasn't completely insane like what we'll see in the next episode. But um, yeah, it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. Well, Johnny, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you all for listening. If you're on Apple Podcasts, just pop back into that app you're already in right now and leave us a five-star review. It would really do wonders for, for reaching more people. Follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at so you think Pod, and on the way out of this episode, you're going to have another little treat, so make sure to stay around for that. Until next time, Goosebumps. <laughs> New York! It's beyond five bubbles. Goosebumps. Swear why? This is that. Rap is out and I'm tripping rap flow for them box bitten bing monsters sniffing that blow. Rock colors know the style, triple that dough. 40 cal for them cops.